Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hello everybody and welcome to this Coach House Beacon. I'm Jamie and today's beacon is called Team Effort. Brackets, Matt and Rosie. What a team effort. Matt and Rosie last weekend got married in one of the most intimate, cosy and fun-filled weddings I have ever been to. And I've been to a few. A special day for special people, needing a team of people to make it happen. We had the gardening team, sweeping, clearing weeds, cutting the grass, adding candles and ribbons. The catering team, making food, sandwiches, drinks, cakes and lots of tea and coffee. And I'm sure Matt would want me to make a mention about Sue's rice, which is a particular favourite of his and mine. And pretty much anyone who's ever tried it will testify too. You had a photographer, that'll be me, and the registrar plus assistant, production team, worship team, minister, and the list goes on and on. It was a real team effort, everyone sitting in and doing their part to make sure everything went without a hitch. A job completed as per specification to the design of the clients. A task that was put upon us for us to complete, which I can say all involved did to an amazing standard. Now, if we all stayed in our lanes and just did the jobs we were tasked for, doing the jobs that our job titles depicted, would it have been such a success? I'm going to say no. And I want to show you why. If we take a look at one of the first biblical ministry teams, we have to look way back in the scriptures and see how Paul's ministry failed at Athens. From that starting point, you discover that Paul's ministry wasn't alone. And also, that a third of Paul's teammates were women. You see, God wants to use women in the church. Paul was alone in Athens. The city had many idols. Despite his brilliant sermon on Mars Hill, he completely failed. Now, why do I say that? Well, because there was no church established. The proof? Well, there was no follow-up letter to the church in Athens like there was to Galatia or Ephesus. Athens was a turning point for Paul. He learned from his failure. I was mesmerised, to be honest, with what happened afterwards at Corinth. He went from hopeless failure to extraordinary success. While in Corinth, he wrote his famous letter to the church at Rome, perhaps the best writing for theology ever written. In his letter to Rome, towards the end, Paul listed the team members who helped him. He commends the women using the exact same words that he used for the men on the team. Everywhere, Paul succeeded. He had a team that included both men and women. After being frustrated at Athens, I believe Paul employed new tactics that made a huge difference in the outcome. He deliberately relied on God's power, not on man's wisdom. And a team gathered around him so that he could give himself to prayer and the ministry of the word. These two things, God's power and team effort, were the key to a crowning career achievement. The Church of Ephesus. This is a powerful secret to the gospel's power to take root and transform a city. Indeed, it takes a team to take a city for Christ. Let me get back to my first point. Why do I think that keeping in your lane is a bad idea? Well, let's look at back at the wedding. We all had our main jobs. The ones we were asked to do, take pictures, minister, do the official paperwork, etc. But there were more tasks to complete, 
more needs that had to be met. Washing up, remaking the church ready for Sunday, moving sofas, packing down gazebos, putting the sound system back, moving keyboards, chairs out, chairs in, cleaning, sweeping, moving, lifting. The list went on. So if we had all stayed in our lanes, leading worship, getting the wedding certificate ready, taking those pictures, what would have happened to church? We wouldn't have been ready for the arrival of people into our church on Sunday. Or in fact, the arrival of the Holy Spirit either. You see, we all have a responsibility to take up roles in church. We should all be pushing to see the kingdom of God grow in our neighbourhoods or even in our own hearts. But if we don't all strive together, work together, move out of our lanes when there is a need, then how the heck do we expect God to use us? This might seem harsh, even a bit brash, and maybe it is. My heart is to see God glorified, and I can't do it on my own. Just like Andy can't do it on his own. Just like Paul couldn't do it on his own. It needed and needs a team effort. We can't just sing nice songs and say the right things, then become lazy when we can actually be helping. God will not enlarge our territory if we are not willing to use what we currently have to the max for his kingdom's sake. The people God chooses are the ones with the willing hearts to serve, not necessarily the competent and qualified by worldly standards. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 1.26. It says this, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You see, understanding the concept of teams in the kingdom of God has shaken my world in the best possible way. Let me state something that seems radical. Solo ministry is unbiblical and ineffective. It has an appearance of success, but it is subpar in its results. God uses teams. The Trinity is a team, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praying is also not always solo. Jesus wants us to pray with two or three who agree together. There is a great power in a united effort. So if you get a chance, come to the prayer meeting. The Bible is more corporate than we're willing to admit. For instance, we are not saved in isolation. God wants a father or mother in the faith to nurture us. He plants us into a spiritual family. He causes us to be baptised into a body of believers. This phrase is passive, meaning someone must do it to us. Within the context of membership in a body, the Holy Spirit differentiates our gifting and functioning. We team up to win. God can use you, even though you think you're not good enough or don't have enough skills. 
We frequently avoid doing things that we view as out of our comfort zone. And we are very limited. Our flaws, inabilities and weaknesses are most evident to us. And we choose not to put them on display. So we at times do nothing. It is time we stopped using our limited abilities and resources as an excuse for living shallow lives devoid of eternal impact. Scripture is full of unlikely tools. People who felt completely inadequate accomplishing great feats for God through his power. God can give you abilities you do not naturally have to do things you do not naturally want to do. So that's it. Let's team up. Let's run this race together. Let's work for the kingdom of God so he gets the glory and honour he deserves. Amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.